from BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. This is the Bethany Vikings Podcast, hosted by Brock Aker. Welcome to the second season of the Bethany Vikings Podcast. I'm Brock Aker here for another year of the Bethany Vikings Podcast, the spring semester. And also this year, Gabe Stays is going to co-host as we bring you all sports surrounding the Bethany Lutheran College campus. Gabe, how are you feeling about co-hosting here the second season of the Bethany Vikings Podcast? Man, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Happy that sports are back on campus and happy that we get to cover it again. And just glad that I get to join you full time, so to speak. Yeah, the most exciting part I felt like last year because it was only the first three months was the basketball season. Both men's and women's won the UMAC tournament. And I think there's no better way to begin the second season with an interview with the women's reigning UMAC player of the year, Hannah Geisfeld, and she's joining us here. How are you feeling this Sunday afternoon, Hannah? And do you think you'll actually get to play basketball this week? You know, I'm staying hopeful. Uh, It seems like a lot of things change day by day, but... There's a lot of things you can't control, so just kind of going with the flow and obviously really hoping that we can actually get to play this week. Is this the longest probably in your, what, whole 21 years or whatever that you haven't played a game? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about the fact that we haven't played since, it seems like almost a year coming up now. When did you start playing basketball? Is it right away like you can remember, or were you late to the game? Um, I kind of started playing around like I started playing competitively in third grade. That's, okay. Yeah. Did you play on travel ball before you played AAU, or did you really get started or like competitive, real competitive in middle school, high school? Yeah, I, I guess more competitive probably towards high school. I started playing AAU traveling, um, going into my freshman year of high school. That's where I guess I probably started to step up my game a little bit. Were you tall from a young age, playing yes. the big position? I've always been t- taller than like all my friends and classmates growing up. <clears throat> so, speaking of AAU ball, it sounds like following you on Twitter, you coach for the Minnesota Rise. How's that experience for you this past summer? Yeah, that's good. I'm learning a lot just from coaching. Um, as a post player, I think I don't know a ton of things about like what's important for guards. So I think that really... Um, helps me to learn and it's different being the person who usually when you're a player you look for somebody to answer your questions but now in the coaching spot you are the one who has to have all the answers and as many coaches probably know you don't always but yeah it's definitely been a good experience I've made a lot of good connections with some pretty good coaches in the area and just getting to know a lot of younger women basketball players coming up that are super talented in the area. Do you have plans to coach in the future uh, for school teams? Yes, I definitely. um, My major is elementary education, so I would love to get a teaching job in the area and then hopefully coaching and maybe even come back here and assist under Coach Jones or Coach Emma. And then kind of a sad note, I know you're a teacher or you're in the education program and Polly Brown, sadly, uh, passed away. Uh, for those of us who didn't know her, do you want to just describe Polly Brown and your relationship with her and how much she meant to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Polly is probably the most positive and encouraging and honest um, person you'll meet. She's lived a very God-fearing life, and that's something I really looked up to from her. She was super supportive of not just myself, but also the women's basketball team in general here. So obviously losing her was really challenging 
and it seemed like kind of right around when we started practice back up is when she passed. So that was a tough, tough um, time for me dealing with and obviously still pretty difficult, but my coaches and my teammates and my family are all super supportive and I just remember like some of the things she told me. Um, there's a lot of things in life you can't control and you just have to trust God's plan and I think that really speaks to everybody during these times like athletes especially you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow everything could be done so just being grateful for everything that you get you're given right now right and we know that uh, is so much more true with everything that's happened uh, in the past 10 months or so um what was your how did you meet Polly Brown what was your relationship like with her mm-hmm. um she was my professor I met her I think she was my sophomore year I had her for a class and my first class I had with her I like she wasn't my favorite person because I just didn't like the class but then um my classmates and I just started to grow closer and closer with her and then over the summer um I'd get together with her a lot and just help her out around her yard if she needed anything and just talk with her she's just such a genuine person that you can talk about her with anything and she can give you pretty good advice. And I see you're a student teacher. Uh, what grade are you teaching? And then uh, when you teach, what grade do you want to teach? Um, right now, I am student teaching at Lake Crystal in first grade, and I love it so much. Um, definitely in the right, on the right track. And I think somewhere between first and fourth grade is where I would want to teach, somewhere in that range. And do you want be around Minnesota or how do they place you because I know some students here at Bethany get placed like in Florida all Mm -hmm. around do you have any control of that right away um we kind of like we can put our input in about where we want to go and I requested a teacher from like Crystal that's super awesome and I got placed with her because the professors here in the education department are super awesome they're really willing to work with you and if they think that's a good fit and you're going to succeed there, then they'll probably follow through with what you request. And that's just how it worked out for me. That's awesome. Well, it's good to get a little more background about Hannah. We know her about the basketball player, you leading the UMAC in points and rebounds. Um, but it's good to get a little more insight. And uh, we are all mourning the loss still of Polly Brown. But we appreciate your insight about that uh, to let more people know about her great life. Um, but let's go back to basketball now. The last question about COVID-19 before... Uh, we get in uh, to the nitty gritty, but how important do you think or how lucky are you to have yourself and Abby Olson with the pandemic? You have two experienced players. Well, a lot of teams may not have that experience, and now you don't know practice-wise. How important is that experience, do you think, going on this year? I think experience is very important, and, <clears throat> yeah, especially for myself and Abby, but we also have a lot of experience coming back from Emily Gustin, Laura Ellingheisen, and Natasha Young, and some other returners too, like Skylar Cotton. She's has got some experience from last year. And I think that's really important, especially with the lack of practice times or just not knowing like how much time you're going to get to prepare for a team. We kind of have a lot of that basketball knowledge that some of the freshmen are like starting to learn too. And so, yeah, I think experience is really important. You've been a great player for a while now, and obviously last season you took your game to next level. I felt like you were the most dominant player um, in the league. Um, What limitations did the pandemic bring um, in your preparation over this summer? Um, I would just say 
<clears throat> starting in March, you like couldn't go, you couldn't get in a gym anywhere. Like you couldn't get in a gym with a hoop and you couldn't get in the gym to work out. So probably that's one of the biggest ones. But I mean, <clears throat> I also had other ways to do that. Um, I work out with like a personal trainer from Nicolet and she's really accommodating. So that was still an opportunity for me. And there's always an outdoor hoop. There's always a way. I mean, there was definitely challenges to get around, but there's still a way if you want to improve your game. How long ago does that uh, NCAA tournament win over Bethel feel to you? Um, I mean, it still feels really great. Um, even though I had to watch the last six minutes from the sideline because I fouled out, I literally, I just, my teammates, I trust in them so much that I know – I knew, well, I guess I didn't actually know we were going to win it, but I kind of just had a good feeling, and it still feels really good. I know you're you're a team player, but with this year, you're going to have a shortened season, and you were only 91, game, or 91 field goals behind the Sandine to have the most field goals in Bethany history. You're climbing up the rebound list uh, to get in the, possibly the top two if you had had the same rebounds as last year. Um, what is that feeling that you're not going to play the full season and that might ex- uh limit your chances to climb up that leaderboard at Bethany? Um, yeah, it, I mean, it kind of sucks, I guess. But looking back, there's a lot of things that I think myself and my classmates started in the Bethany program. Like, as freshmen, we were okay, you know. But now, as seniors, we know that everybody's coming for us. Like, we know that – and. It really does suck that we got a whole year taken away from us, but so did every other senior, I guess, playing a sport in college right now. So try not to feel too sorry for ourselves, but it obviously still sucks. Yeah. Do you pay attention to those records at all? I guess I didn't even know the tooth that Brock just said. I didn't know that. Okay, going on. Uh, last last year, we learned that what really developed your game was moving to your left hand. You're more confident with that. Uh, what is did you try to improve the most now this year um, coming in this year? Yeah, I knew that I needed to work on my outside game because um, as we saw in Oshkosh and Bethel, they outside the UMAC, there's a lot bigger post players. And if I do get double teamed, I need to be able to be a threat uh, for my team from outside the four foot range from the hoop, I guess. <laughs> so I look. Worked on shooting and just moves maybe from the elbow and just trying to expand my game a little bit that way. Will we see more of the three ball this year? <laughs> we'll see what Coach Jones has to say about that one. Have you discussed that at all? Um, I mean, they definitely give me the green light and I can shoot, but I know when I'm out there with Abby Olsen or Laura or Emily or Sarah Kaki, even a freshman, they're all better shooters than me, so... If I have an open look, their open look is probably a little bit better of a shot than mine. You talked about some of those role players. You lost <clears throat> Kenley Pulaski and Emily Scrine last year who combined for about 15 points per game, and they, the two of your better defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think is going to take those roles here coming into this year? Yeah, that's an, been a big discussion, and um, we know that Scrine and Kenley were huge defensively for us, and – I think some of our better defenders this year are Laura. Obviously, she was a huge defensive part last year. Um, Skylar Cotton's a really good defender. Um, I think Natasha's really picking up her game defensively as well. 
And then coming in, we got we got some really talented freshmen, <clears throat> two freshman guards, um, Ashanti and Elena. They're both very talented defensively, and I think they're going to make a difference on our team. And then also we got sophomore transfer Ashley. She is going to – I think she'll, she's a pretty good defender. She's a big three. She can also defend in the post if we need her to. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of roles to fill, but I think we can do it. You were the unanimous uh, pick by the coaches to finish first place. Uh, you won the UMAC tournament the last two years. Uh, do you feel uh, there's a target on your back coming into this year? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, I think there's a, probably a target on anyone's back if you're like one back-to-back. Everybody wants to get that spot. So we just know that it's not going to be easy. Everyone, if they beat us, that's a huge win for them. So every single game matters for us, especially this year when we don't know if our first game is our last game. We have no idea. So every game is important. Every day is important. Every practice is important. Every possession is important this year and every year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that word is unanimous, Brock. We just got our fact checkers in, and unanimous is how we're going to pronounce that one. I got a 12 on my English ACT, so oh, I'm sorry. All right. Oh, you have any other questions for her, Gabe, or should we get to let's, rapid fire? Let's get to the rapid fire. All right, rapid Alrighty. fire. Are you ready for this, Hannah? I'm ready for it. <laughs> all right, what is your uh, favorite TV show? Mm, Grey's Anatomy. Okay, what, if you couldn't play basketball, what sport would you play? I think softball. Awesome. Did you play softball in high school? I did until I was a senior, and then I decided to play golf, but I really love softball, and it's definitely my second favorite sport. What is your uh, pregame meal? Mm, I try not to eat very much, so something small, like a salad or a sandwich. You and me with golf. I, <laughs> I do not eat much before golf. <clears throat> when I played in high school, I'd ha- like you get a turkey sandwich, like chips or whatever for after the game. I would eat mine before the game. I'm like, I need the fuel. I don't know. I guess yeah. I, I eat before games. You're just built different that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two Super Bowl questions that end the rapid fire. Who got Bucks or Chiefs? Chiefs. Okay, and your favorite song by the weekend? <laughs> I don't know. I don't listen to the weekend either. <laughs> I don't know any of their singers. Or any band members. I hope they add another band. Like last year you had J-Lo and what, Shakira. I hope they have a good second artist. Otherwise that show is going to be pretty bad. Um, That's a terrible question, Brock. I should have edited that. Hey, I I told you to add it in. But uh, we had a lot of fun, Hannah. Thank you for joining us. Good luck against Crown and Superior. Thank you so much. That was UMAX Player of the Year, Hannah Geistfeldt. And just a couple notes here to, for the women. They play Crown and Superior this week, both on the road Thursday and Saturday. The women haven't lost a crown dating back to February 5th of 2005. That's 31 straight wins for the women. And they play the Superior on Saturday, who hasn't played yet this year. And an interesting stat about that is Superior. The Vikings are 2-8 and eight in Superior in their career, but they have won of the last four games against Superior. Any last notes for the women again? And by the way, women's team picked to finish first in the UMAC coaches poll, so hopefully that holds true. Definitely, definitely. So a couple of announcements here quick before we get to the men's and uh, Gabe's uh, interview with Coach Pat Garvin. Uh, Two announcements is the men will play MLC tonight. If you're going to hear this podcast, it is tonight, Monday, uh, February 1st. And then all games that were scheduled Wednesday games are now 
moved to Thursday uh, due to the COVID-19 protocols. Uh, sometimes the test came back later Wednesday during the day. Um, so this gives uh, those different teams enough time to decide if they can come play the game during the middle of the week. Yeah, I think a good decision by the UMAC. Um, too many hoops to jump through with uh, that Wednesday testing. And uh, how is that Garvin interview, Gabe, that we're going to end the show with? What, did, what should the viewers look to hear from him? Yeah, it was a great interview, really. Uh, Garvin was really open uh, with me. He wasn't shy about his expectations. We talked a little bit about uh, the coaching staff, how he assembled that. Um, we're going to look at who's going to step up in the backup point guard spot, see kind of some different combinations that uh, he might roll with, and, uh, yeah, just his expectations for the season. The Bethany Vikings men have played a game. The women got both of theirs canceled, or not canceled, some postponed. Um, but the men did play one game against North Central, and they did win and win pretty easily to get Coach Garvin's his first uh, head coaching win here in the UMAC. Uh, some stats is Brian Smith looked really good, led the team in scoring. He also tied uh, Bethany history in a single game with 15 assists, so a double-double for him. What did you see from Brian Smith against North Central? Yeah, an incredible performance from him. And um, going back in the, the offense that the Vikings have, it really opens everything up for Smith to uh, do his job as a playmaker, especially uh, with Kyrie being out for the year. Um so Smith did a great job of initiating the offense. He was unbelievable, looking for a shot, looking for his teammates, and he found cutters and open shooters all over the floor. Yeah, he's going to have to play huge with uh, Kyrie uh, going down with injury. Uh, Gabe asked that question about Coach Garvin of if he's possibly going to come back this year, so you want to stay tuned for that. Um, but while Kyrie is out for the first near future, Brian Smith is going to have to be that guy that controls the offense. Uh, did you see any backup? Who's backing up Brian in that first game? Well, Garvin actually went with a little bit of Jared Malinkovich bringing the ball out the floor, uh, but he said that he's constantly going to be evaluating that position. Yeah, Jared, again, he was second-team all-conference, I think, last year. Um, a big improvement on the offensive side of the ball for a Jared Malinkovich, and now he's going to have to maybe turn into a, a top-five maybe star here in the UMAC if the men want to repeat uh, they were picked to finish third in the coaching polls and they're behind Northwestern and St. Scholastica uh, so I you, don't you think it's going to be big for Jared to score some more points to make up for Kyrie or how do you think the Vikings are going to be able to uh, get the scoring output that Kyrie leaves a big hole in I mean when you've got as many shooters on the floor as uh, the Vikings have in the last game uh, six players in double digits in scoring for the game. So um, Jared's going to have the ball in his hands maybe a little bit more this year. But overall, I just think the team basketball, with the number of guys that they've got coming back, um, I don't think it's going to be a huge problem on the offensive end. Obviously, you're going to miss the individual playmaking that Kyrie brings, one of the elite players in the UMAC. But... Scoring the ball shouldn't be a problem for this team, I don't think. Yeah, Vaughn and Shrupp, good three-point shooters. They're going to uh, need to be on, like you said, I don't think there's going to be one person to make up Kyrie. I think just people are going to have to step up and uh, make shots and key moments. But and, Brian, Brian Smith, uh, Justin Shrupp, and Kane Vaughn, each with four made threes in the game, by the way. Yeah, that's just interesting with this 
um, Bethany team, it's kind of like you're watching an NBA. I feel like like the pace is fast. It's like three or layups, a lot of pick and roll. You got Hunter Nielsen, 20 points, a big. He came up big, I thought, in their first game, taking the reins of a very tough person to fill in his shoes. And Trenton Krieger, one of the best basketball players at Bethany history. Um, so what do you, how do you Hunter Nielsen uh, surprise? Did he surprise you at all, or did you expect him uh, to come in the season as roaring as he was? Not really. I wasn't surprised. I thought we saw him make uh, huge leaps over the course of last season. And then, again, with the offense, with all the emotion, the free motion that you see with cutters and shooters, uh, Hunter kind of in that dunker spot or coming off the pick and roll, as you mentioned, he's going to get his opportunities. And with his length, uh, he's become a much better, better finisher around the rim so and offensive putbacks too uh, that was one things one of the things that I saw watching the game um, was the amount of times on a missed bucket that we were able to get the offensive rebound and uh, skill still salvage the possession what he did big time last year was blocking shots and now he's turned into more of a, a complete player like Gabe said what did did you see any new guys uh, that weren't on the team last year that looked like they had some promise coming in here this year after watching him against North Central well, a couple guys to watch out for. Um, Alex Sharma, um, he kind of fits that two-guard spot. Um, I asked Coach Garvin if he was uh, maybe going to play some point guard. Uh, so we'll see on that. And the other guy, freshman Gabe uh, Bassett, uh, good three-point shooter. So he could see some minutes this year. One last thing to note here before we wrap up, before the Pat Garvin interview is the – Vikings play against MLC again Monday. Should be a winnable game. MLC's 0-2 on the year. And then they play Crown, who's also 0-2 on Thursday. They don't have no Tim Wendell, so it should be a, a little more ease, you'd think, to beat them than the last two years, but you have to be on your game, obviously, every time you play a UMAC game. And then they end on Saturday of this week against Superior. And remember, the last time they faced each other was 92-72 victory in the UMAC semifinals, the game that led uh, the run for the Vikings to win uh, their second UMAC title in the last three years. All right, well, that's going to be it for us here on the Bethany Vikings podcast. We're going to end with the interview of Gabe and Pat Garvin. Uh, again, the podcast is coming out every Monday night uh, for the rest of this semester. So uh, stay tuned with us, and we're excited for another season of the Bethany Vikings podcast. So you come into October and um, practice for a short period of time, and then it gets cut short. I believe it was a 50-day hiatus. Um, were you able to do anything to stay connected with the team and have them stay connected with each other during that time? Yeah, certainly. Obviously, uh, you know, we tried to text and, and talk to them on the phone, and uh, guys were still on campus a little bit during that time. So, so that helped, but it definitely wasn't the same, you know. provide any resources for them in terms of like strength and, and conditioning?
and uh, and being in shape. And so, um, with that, was was really happy with that. You inherited a team rich with shooters and playmakers on the offense end. And I know you said in an earlier press conference um, that you're running a fairly similar system to what Coach Fletcher had in place. Uh, a lot of action predicated on the high high ball screen and run and gun. Um, is that your preferred style of play, or do the players dictate the system you run? Well, I love I love our system, but but it definitely I'll always be a coach that that your system has to fit your players. Uh, you know, I, I think that's the best way to go about it. Uh, obviously, in recruiting, you can kind of recruit to a system, and that's we'll, what we'll do. So I don't imagine any changes coming up. But uh, with it, your your system always has to fit your players, and we definitely watching film. And, and once I was hired uh, as a staff, we we watched it and we decided that uh, obviously they've had some success. They like playing in it. It fits what they do. Uh, with it, my assistant has some had some a lot of experience in. Uh, in that in a similar system and so and I, I love playing up tempo basketball and and so and keeping things simple on the offensive end sure uh describe the type of defense that you want to play you know we're, we're a man-to-man pack line uh defensive team whether i think i think we've, we've shown some some glimpses so far whether in practice or even at times against north central where i think we could be a really good defensive team uh whether we, we we try to force you into making one-on-one plays uh, whether that's kind of the overall philosophy of our defense, defend the three-point line at, at a high level uh, with it. But, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we try to play tough, man-to-man defense, uh, make you make one-on-one plays and, and defend the three-point line. In terms of last night's game uh, being canceled, it's my understanding that you woke up yesterday thinking you were going to have a game. Is that correct? Yeah, yep. And then uh, COVID protocol uh, stuff happened, and so we're, we're currently working through that. Monday's game is the only one that, that's been impacted by it, uh, and we're, we're hoping to get the game in Saturday. Do you have specific guidelines in place, or is it more case-by-case basis, you contacting the other coach and vice versa? Yeah, you know, it's a little bit of both. Uh, we, we, we do have specific guidelines in, in place, uh, you know, from Minnesota Department of Health, from the UMAC to Bethany's own policy. Um, you know, and kind of within that, it's all case by case. Um, you know, so our, our, all of our players, all the coaches, all the managers are getting tested three times a week right now. Um, and, and that's basically what clears us to play. If there would happen to be a positive in that batch, then you kind of have to do some contact tracing and, and figure out uh, if we're safe to play or if we, if we need to need to shut down. And, uh, you know, so we just decided uh, – out of abundance of caution to to cancel Monday's game and uh, with the hopes of getting Saturdays in. All right. Um, I know I've only got one game to go off of, uh, but you came up with such a big statement, up 56-33 at the end of the uh, first half. It looked like incredible team basketball, and obviously Brian was unbelievable in initiating the office, offense. But what is a performance like that a credit to? has been great their work ethic uh you know their ability to to, to handle the ups and downs of our year so far um and just their, their eagerness and willingness to play and uh they just they just play together and uh you know they're, they're a tight group they get along great in the locker room uh with it and that that was shown on the floor they like to play together it's not about just one guy or uh anybody trying to get their numbers up uh they played as a team and 
And uh, so it's, it's, it's a credit to all of them and how hard and the time that they put in uh, with it. I was, I was really proud to see that. Have you had to adapt uh, in any way your style of play with Kyrie injured? Uh, you know, we, we kept things pretty similar uh, with it. You know, if we put the, the ball is going to be in Brian's hand a little more than, than maybe if he was in, in there. But, uh, you know, obviously, obviously we'll miss him. The guys have done a great job. Uh, uh, stepping up in his absence, and uh, I'm excited about the group we have, and we'll, we'll be very excited when we can add Kyrie back. Do you expect him to be back at some point this season? We do not, no. Okay. Um, will you experiment at all with the backup point guard spot? Maybe it's Tylen or uh, Alex Sharma? Sharma? Yeah, you know, we're, we're always, uh, uh, you know, roles are always being evaluated. Um, and, and to be constantly changing. Uh, we, have, you know, I, I love our roster. I'm confident in every guy that puts a uniform on. And um, you know, roles are always changing. And uh, within it, with it, with injuries, with foul trouble, you just never know when when your number is going to be called. And so, uh, with it, but yeah, we've been playing a lot of Brian and Jared at that, at that spot right now. Uh, Jared Milankovic, uh, with it, but a lot of guys are getting reps at it in practice, and, and we're constantly evaluating uh, uh, every position. Can you take me through the process of assembling the coaching staff in the offseason? And especially curious about uh, the process of bringing in Trenton Krieger back as an assistant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when I was hired, I, I heard from a lot of people uh, that expressed interest uh, with it. I, I talked to a few guys on the phone as far as uh, for Coach, Coach Brandon Gillespie's spot. Um, and Brandon and I have known each other for a few years, obviously coaching the same league together uh, the last couple of years. So, uh, I was excited to bring him on board, and then uh, Trent actually reached out to me the day, the day I was announced that I was hired, um, and expressed interest in helping out in any way he could. And, uh, after knowing Trent a little bit and knowing his uh, his career that he had at Bethany, it was a no brainer uh, for me to add him on, a, on on staff. He's been fantastic. I got a great staff. Jack Butler does a great job for us as well. Um, they do a great job of making it about the guys, and, and that's what I really want in a staff. And, uh, they've all been at that, but it's always good to have uh, Trent, who's played and has the career that he has. It, it helps having a guy like him on staff for sure. Sure. Uh, finally, where do you envision this team heading? I know you've said you've gotten uh, better every day, and, and that's kind of your goal. You've liked the strides you made already. Um, but where do you see this going? Yeah, we have high expectations within our locker room. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We're not. I'm not necessarily a coach that talks about it a lot. I don't, you know, uh, with it. And so uh, within our locker room, I think I think the guys know the goal. Uh, with it, ultimately, you're trying to play the best basketball you can at the right time of year. And you know, this year's a little different. Everyone's making the conference tournament, so it's gonna, you know, it's a lot going to depend on matchups, your health when you're in that conference tournament, um, and, and we'll we'll see what happens from there. Um, but I, I, like I said before, and obviously you've heard it, I, I, we focus on that day-to-day growth uh, with it. But we certainly have high expectations, and we always will. Uh, one more here. You, um, you mentioned the term brotherhood a lot on your social media, I see. Um, what does that term mean to you, and why are you using it for the team? Yeah, you know, that was a... Uh, that was a term that's been around Bethany basketball for a long time. Uh, you know, previous coaching staff had talked about that a lot. We talked about that a lot when I played. So I really felt like that when we talk about it, it's also a way to, for our guys to kind of connect to our alums a little bit. I think our alums get excited. 
brotherhood is, is something of just there's there's a, a tight knit relationship and no one messes with your brother. It is kind of the general idea behind it. Um, with that, so um, yeah, that, that's kind of the general. It's kind of a connection to our alums and making sure that they know that they're still valued and that they're still in the brotherhood, and then also uh, you know we, we're within the team of having each other's backs. Sure. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. Uh, best of luck and best of health to you this season. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Gabe. I appreciate it, man. If I can ever help, then let me know.